0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you today?
1: Doing well, Sean. How are you?
0: Doing well. Derek, uh, we already said on the previous episode uh, that the reason we had missed some episodes this week was just due to kind of a little medical family emergency that I've been dealing with this week, trying to get some things figured out. But we're trying to make up for what we missed so we had the basketball schedule preview episode in the, the, the episode first episode on Friday, and now we're going to do our normal mailbag Friday episode. Now the mailbag, it's not big because we've not really had a ton of time to get stuff out there, but we do have a couple of mailbag questions that we want to get to. Uh, let's start on mine first. So I got one, and if, if somebody sends one in over the next few minutes, I'll add it in too. Uh, this is, what are your, your all's thoughts on the quarterback situation? especially with Terry returning to practice this week. I get that he gives the best chance to win, but I also feel like the majority of game reps needs to go to, to JG and BA to prepare for future years, so Joey Gatewood, Bo Allen. Derek, that's something that we talked about last week when they made this change. Is Yeah, you could probably see a, where Terry's the best option at the moment, but then again, if you're wanting to move forward as a program, you have to get somebody ready now. And that's why I think that you won't see a quarterback change back to Terry.
1: Yeah, that was that was my lead topic in my column yesterday that I wrote on Catsballs.com, And I made the case that Joey Gatewood should, should start at quarterback the rest of the year. And it is an interesting development to me. Um, I don't care to say it as much now because I've actually seen it out there a little bit other places. Like what we were hearing early last week was that Terry was considering opting out of the rest of the season. That news would tell me, him coming back to practice, that that is not as strongly thought of anyway. Um, I don't think that that was just a unfounded rumor. By the way, like I, from where I heard it, where you heard it, I do absolutely believe it was legitimate that he was considering it. Um, but he's back to practice. Does that mean that they promised him a role? I don't know. I I, I doubt it. I wouldn't lean that way. Um, but no, I, I think it's not a bad idea to still have him around. If uh, in the case that Gatewood isn't. Basically in the event that Gate was just not any good. And I would be surprised to uh, – did he set the rod on fire against Georgia? No, but my thinking here is that if you kind of – I would say held his own. Like I, I thought he didn't do anything that made me think that he would be much worse, if that makes sense. Because like that's the best defense he's going to play. So if you could you know, kind of hold your own. Didn't do a ton of great things against Georgia, but he also wasn't terrible. So with that in mind, I think – I would certainly go into this game, for sure, with Joey as the number one guy. Get him most of the reps this week. Uh, well, they only practiced three times this week, but going into next week, that's what I would do. And I would have Bo ready. So I don't really know where that leaves Terry, but um, I would certainly plan for the future at this point with a 2-4 and four record.
0: Absolutely. You have to. Everything that you wanted out of the season, it, it's gone. I mean, you have four losses through six games. You're not winning the East. Uh, bowl game stuff final record honestly does not ma- matter this season derek at this point like it's just they're now either it's gonna about... win
1: We're either gonna win three games or they're gonna win four games <laughs> most likely so like what's what's your difference you know
0: exactly it's it's about making sure you put yourself in a position to have a success a successful season next year and beyond and the thing that you need to change right now is the offense you've got to get some type of passing attack and honestly derek'm I'm, I'm to the point that you almost have to force your way into it like, you've got to try something. Like, you're, sure, you're losing a game, but if you're not forcing that and trying to get something out of it, you're losing a lot more. And I think that they've got to try to figure something out when it comes to the passing attack in these final four games. You want to see improvement. That's all. You, I think that's all you honestly want to see out of this 2020 season. Is are you better at the end than what you were at the beginning? Because if it's the opposite, you have a major problem, especially with some of the guys Kentucky's losing. You know, on the offensive line's going to be new next year. Uh, you know, quarterback play is going to be new. So that's what I'm looking for over these final four games: is is the passing attack does it have a pulse? And does does Kentucky improve in the, after this bye week and in the final four games?
1: I think that's that's a good point. And I mean, I don't I don't know. I've, Terry is an interesting situation. I I don't know. I I don't like the whole, you know, I don't like the idea of pushing someone like him out. I, I hope he sticks around and because I do think history will remember him fondly. I really do. I mean, he had his part of some big wins. Uh, it's a hard situation for him because I do think for the better of the program, it, it would be better to, to play Joey. I would give Joey – the rest of the season for the most part, just to see if there's enough there to go into the spring confident. And if not, everything I've heard, I'm sure you're here and you've heard a lot of the same things. Like there's pretty strong feelings about Bo Allen, maybe being the guy next year. Uh, and before I got into this next mailbag question to Sean, uh, that came in from my end, I wanted to mention Christian Lewis because I had noticed earlier in, uh, I guess it was this week. I mean, this has been a long week. <laughs> uh, I think it was earlier this week. He had taken – he had, like, a, in his bio, it wasn't as explicit. It said, like, UK commit or whatever. But it did say UK, and I believe he had the year 2025, which would obviously be his college graduation year. That had been removed from his Twitter bio. He had left his – and, again, take Twitter for what it's worth. But he had still had his commitment tweet pinned. And then last night, though, he tweeted uh, – I'm going to find exactly what he said because I thought it was really interesting. Okay, he tweeted last night, ready to come change the offense, hashtag BBN. So, Sean, that told me that that is certainly their pitch on the recruiting trail, that this group of wide receivers, they have four of them committed. You guys come in here. We're going to start throwing the ball around. The way I read it was that they don't think they have the personnel right now. Maybe I'm reading way too much into yeah. it. But no, you're not. Obviously, obviously, U.K. is very aware of how they're doing things. I'm sorry about that. My cat's knocking stuff off. Um, <laughs> but they're they're obviously aware that. That's out there negatively getting recruited against with this offense and they know they have to change it. And I think it's big to this point that Christian most still seems to be all in on yeah,
0: it. Yeah, it, it's huge. I mean, signing day is a month away and we've talked about this. If Kentucky can hold on to these receivers in this class and the majority of this class, it, it, it's a, it's a very good thing to come out of 2020. Uh, and I like that. You know, I, I know Mark Stoops and the staff that are going out there. Cause like you said, I mean, they're definitely, some of these guys are being pushed to flip, just when you turn on the tape and watch Kentucky football right now, it's hard to watch it as a wide receiver. But you know that they're selling Bo Allen and this passing attack and stuff is the future. They've done it in the past and everything. And I just think that that's the biggest thing. And that's the, honestly, it's more important than the results on the field as far as victories to keep those guys in the class.
1: We were talking on the last episode about if this has felt like a long year, a short year. Well, think of it this way, Sean. I think signing day is like six weeks away, <laughs> which is <laughs> it's really hard to believe that it's that close. Because in a year like this, recruiting has been so much quieter yeah. than in other years. Like we, we had, uh, you know, Jagger committed right around the time we started this podcast, maybe give or take a week or so. That was still one of our best episodes. But besides that, there have been no other – They've had a few more commitments, but no like big time.
0: Nothing that's so, moved it's the needle quieter. at all. Yeah, you know, it's it's been well. really quiet. And then we've not had the, you know, the visitor list for home games like that we would typically dive into and who was there watching and who was on the field pregame. We've not been able to do that because there haven't there hasn't been that. Uh, one one thing off topic, we have not talked about this yet, and I meant that we should have got to I think last Saturday. Chris Oates was in attendance for the yep. game versus Georgia. I can't believe that we forgot to mention that. That was really cool to see. And on Sunday, it was really cool to see his teammates, you know, taking photos with him. You, you Chris had a smile on his face. The, you could tell that those guys were happy to see Chris. It was a really cool moment when they showed him on the video board. So kind of off topic here, but kind of needed to get to it. It was it was really cool to see Oates and his family in attendance on that recruiting deck down there Saturday.
1: Absolutely. I know I'm in a lot of to- – Everybody. I mean, yeah, like you said, there were a lot of pictures on social media. Um, I'm sure it hurts Chris for sure that he's not out there, but to be back around it, I'm guessing he hasn't seen a lot of his teammates since no. the summer. That might've been the first time he's seen some of those guys. So I know it was probably a good day, despite the loss, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you know, what's that, what's that matter? I'm sure to see those guys uh, to see Chris right after the game really meant a lot to them. So the question I have is, uh, Another football topic. It's what does Eddie Grant need to do to keep his job? Are there certain offensive marks we should reach? And if not, should we move on from them?
0: Ooh, that's a that's a really good mailbag question. Uh to keep his job, Derek, I think you have to see some type of improvement. Unless you chalk this up to personnel. And and that's the decision that I think that Stoops has to make because then if you chalk it up to personnel, you also have to chalk it up that Eddie's kind of responsible for this because that's who they recruited. But I think it goes back to what I said. You want to see improvement in these final four games. You want to see something that resembles a passing attack. You want to see a creative mind. We know that Eddie has got creative in the past. He did it last year with Lynn Bowden. But you've got to have some type of creativity, something to build on for next year. Uh, With it being a weird year, I do find it hard. I, I don't know how many coordinators are going to get you know, booted, but then again Mark Stoops is gonna have to look at the end of the season and see if there's something out there that's better that they wanna do or if they trust what Eddie's doing, Derek. I, I think improvement's the big thing that you want to see in these final four games. And they will have tests to show whether or not that they have improved.
1: Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I uh, I don't think he's gonna get fired regardless. Um might he decide to leave on his own? I have no idea. Uh, I've never really been in the business of saying coaches should, shouldn't be fired, or things like that. What I wrote yesterday and what I believe is everything has to be evaluated after the season. Mark Stoops has to look very clearly about what it is he wants to do because the game's changing. Uh, how you could win games four years ago, you might not be able to win the same way now in terms of offense. Obviously, like no one over there is dumb. Like everybody knows that they cannot advance in the league the way they're playing right now. In terms of not being efficient enough, I'm not saying you have to leave your run identity because I think that's probably here to stay. But you can't be in a spot where you're. we Navy, an option team, is averaging more passing yards than Kentucky. That's just awful. And I, I don't know. I would still expect. Eddie to be back, but this is a point I want to make, and some of it is, is incredibly unfortunate. And another thing, I mean, we, we can pretty much expect at this point they're going to have a new offensive line coach next season. Um, John, you know, he's having a really hard time with his cancer. Uh, he's not been able to coach the last two games. We hope that he gets better. I would say, you know, regardless, this will probably be his last year at Kentucky. Um. Will they look at some other spots on the offensive staff? They've had a ton of shakeups at the wide receiver coach. I think you would hope that you could keep some stability there, but UK is not necessarily unique in the aspect that like, I'd actually argue the other point. UK is kind of unique in the sense that you've had Darren Henshaw, a position coach here for five years. Steven Plinkscale a position coach here for five years. That's pretty rare. Those yeah. position coach guys bounce around a lot, trying to move up to the ranks. Um, So offensively, I uh, I don't. I think there will be some kind of changes. I don't want to speculate as to who might be leaving, who might be coming in, just because I don't feel like it's really my place. But if anything to take away from this year in the first six games, unless it changes dramatically in the final four, it has been an eye-opening year for the offense. That it's it's bad right now, and it uh, is. the rushing offense is still okay. They're second in the league rushing, and you still have Chris to build around, but. This passing game has hit a has hit a new low. They've struggled for the last few years, but this year is, has certainly even surpassed any of that. It has,
0: and to when you turn on other games on Saturday and you see teams throwing the ball over the place, you turn it on on Sunday they're throwing the ball over the place. It kind of you know brings it to the forefront even more yeah. that Kentucky has a major problem offensively and it's outdated, and something has to change with it and. Uh, I think Mark Stoops, are going to do everything they can to get it changed. I do think that they have quarterbacks in place that can change it. Now it's just about making sure you have the guys that you can throw the ball to in that offense as well. And two, we know that they're one, they want to keep that dominant rushing attack as part of the game too, but you have to have some type of passing offense as well. If they could... Kentucky football has always been a story of they have this, but they don't have that. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's either they have a really good offense and a defense that can't stop anyone, a dominant defense and an offense that can't move the ball, or kicking or special teams. Something has always limited Kentucky football, and it's hard. It's hard to be Alabama. It's hard to be these other programs that kind of dominate across the board. Uh, But we'll see what Mark Stoops decides to do with it. But – Go ahead. Derek. One last thing I wanted to
1: bring it. up. Yeah, I know we don't have a ton of time left on here because we got to get to a press conference here in a minute. But uh, when I was writing that column yesterday, one of the thoughts that I had, and I wanted to run it by you. Why do you think the expectations are going to? Let's just let's just say let's just give UK the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they go four and six. Let's say they beat Vanderbilt in South Carolina, uh, and then let's say that. Young and Drake Jackson, all those guys don't come back to use their extra year. Darian Canard goes pro. Let's say you're in a situation where you got to replace four of your offensive linemen. The quarterback situation's still a little bit murky in the preseason. What are the expectations going to be next year? Because this year they were pretty high, probably as high as they've ever been actually since I've covered UK football. And I was thinking for next year, with the defense that'll basically be all the way back. How do you just kind of see it playing out next year in terms of preseason expectations?
0: They'll be voted sixth in the East going into next season. I just I think that given the season that they're having and how I expect it to end, uh, they'll be picked ahead of Vanderbilt. I think losing to Missouri at Missouri, I think that Missouri will be voted ahead of it. Uh, just because I think that offense is what everybody looks at now. I think that if teams have, you know, a dominant offense, I think that that's going to be favored over a dominant defense nowadays in college football. Uh, but Kentucky should have a dominant defense next year, Derek. And then, like you said, the guys are there in place, but they're going to have to replace a lot. There's going to be new faces uh, on that offensive line next year. There's going to be a change at quarterback for sure. And I just don't know. And we have so many question marks at wide receiver right now with this team and, and things that we just really we don't know. But I would think that, Outside of local media and UK media, I think the national perception will be Kentucky will be a 6-6 six six team next year going into the season.
1: Yeah, that's what I would say, too. Uh, I don't know where I would put them. Uh, probably something that's coming to more clear focus for me than what I would have expected. Because I think the thought would have been, I don't know, it's kind of hard to verbalize it right now, but I agree with you. I think, I think people, are, especially the ones who bought in <laughs> in the preseason and uh, gave UK a lot of credit, I think they'll be much more hesitant next season to do that, unless there is a circumstance here these last four games that they do turn it around a little bit offensively and they give something to be excited about. Because I think next year, honestly, you can maybe see it being kind of a deal how Benny Snell was or like people know who Benny Snell was. I think Chris Rodriguez is starting to approach that territory where people be like, well, they, you know, they have Chris Rodriguez on offense. Who knows? Joey Gatewood's actually a pretty big name in the SEC, I would say, for a guy who's barely played. Like, he's pretty well known because of his high-profile high quarterback battle with Bo Nix. So, like, you'll still have him in the mix regardless of what they do with Bo Allen. But I just really don't know, man. I uh, Maybe that's a spot you can want to be in a little bit more <laughs> with Stoops. People starting to doubt them a little bit. That's been a pretty big thing for them in the past. But that's yeah. just a point I wanted to make because uh, – I'm just gonna be curious to see the fan interest and things like that going into next year.
0: They're gonna they're gonna go out these last four games and win three or four and finish five and five and we're gonna be sitting here thinking, What in the hell did we just watch this year? Because it was one of the most up and down seasons in college football history. Uh no. I I think I'll pick on four and six but I just want to see them be competitive against Alabama, and I want to see them have a chance to beat Florida. That's that's all I'm looking at, is if you beat South Carolina and Vandy and you do it in impressive fashion, and then you compete in the other two games, and then I think that I'd be optimistic that the following year could still be a very solid football team. But as far as, like you said, I think Mark Stoops would rather go into next year flying under the radar a little bit and not have all those expectations outside but still have inside that they expect to be competitive. But, Derek, let's go ahead and pick these four SEC games this week, and then we'll wrap this episode up. So we don't have a U.K. football game to predict, but let's start with that 330 slate, Florida versus Georgia. Who are you going with in that one?
1: I'm going with uh, Florida. I really think after watching Georgia in person last week, I'm not so sure that they have the offense to to keep up with Florida. Um, I'll take the Gators there.
0: I'm going Florida in that one as well. After, you know, watching the quarterback situation and stuff at Georgia, I just don't think that they can keep up with Florida's offense. And then, two, Florida's defense is beginning to look a lot better than it did early in the season as well. So I'll go Florida in that one. Uh, The second matchup, Vanderbilt at Mississippi State. This is a Mississippi State team that has its own offensive struggles and has been worse than Kentucky.
1: I don't know if anybody's going to watch this game, Sean. Anybody. (laughs) Uh, I'll take Mississippi State, though.
0: I'm going to go Vanderbilt. I can't believe I just did that. I'm going to go Vandy. Uh, think about
1: this way, though. Mississippi State could have easily been shut out twice already this season. Kentucky, if it wasn't for a bad snap, would have shut them out. And then, of course, uh, Alabama last week shut them out. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's close uh, by any means.
0: I'm going to ride Vandy. That's going to be their one that's going to keep them under one and a half. It's Vandy. So uh, here's another one. Uh, Number seven, Texas A&M at South Carolina. That's a 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPN.
1: Yeah, these games are better at nighttime, uh, in the SEC at least. I'll take A&M.
0: I will too, especially after South Carolina's performance and stuff against LSU. I I just think that uh, looking at it, I I like like Texas A&M in that matchup. And then here I think is a very good matchup. Tennessee at Arkansas, Derek. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you I, I like Arkansas. I've liked them all season. Uh I think they've been they're gonna be competitive in every single game they play, and I think the Hogs get the balls and I think Jeremy Pruitt it's kinda of burning down in Knoxville if this happens.
1: I'm with you. I think I'm gonna take Arkansas here. Uh it's a close spread. I think it was around three in Tennessee's favor at one point. Would be a big win for Tennessee actually to get back on track. They've lost what? Three straight. Tennessee's- They've not won a game since Missouri, right? Way back uh, early in the year.
0: It was a month I don't ago. Think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's been a little while since they've won a game. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say at home, Sam Pittman. He he gets the Hawks fired up, and they uh, they come out with a victory over the Vols. And, well, and the season still has uh, some tough games left too this year.
0: The thing that we've been able to see from Arkansas is they've been able to score points. They put up 31 yep. on A and I mean, they beat Ole Miss. They they had Auburn beat. So I think Arkansas. I think they're better in Tennessee. And it being at Arkansas, I'll favor the Hogs in that one.
1: Does, uh, does the does SEC have like a comeback player of the year? Because I would think Felipe Franks would certainly he, be the front. He has to that. be.
0: He has to be in it uh, as far as performance and everything from injury, coming back. I would have put Terry in there if Terry could have played the entire season coming off his yeah. injury. But Felipe Franks, Derek, he's kind of revived his his career and his story in, in Arkansas because I think the Why way you he left Florida. Uh,
1: Plan next year as well. I that's
0: what I that's what I was going to say is that if I were him, the way that that I mean, look, that's a that's a good football team. Like right now, if they played Kentucky, I would pick Arkansas to win. That's mm-hmm. how much better I think Arkansas is playing. But uh, only four SEC games this week. Those are the four. Uh, had weird weeks like that this season because where there's so many teams uh, where there's you know not a lot of out of conference games and stuff like that, and then teams on bye weeks. Uh, but we will be back next week to kind of recap everything. I'm sure it will be another wild Saturday in the SEC. Uh, college basketball is right around the corner. This has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. Get out to the Butcher's Pub, two locations, one in Palmville, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Try that delicious buffalo chicken sandwich. Uh, you can visit the ButchersPub.com or check them out on Facebook. But We'll see you next week.